to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. So we've been walking through this glorious unfolding, this, this leading up to this all-holy night that's going to happen, and we are going to celebrate that next week. But we've been, we've been walking through kind of God unfolding this incredible story. And we started with, with Zach Elizabeth, and we learned that, that, that even in our disappointment, in the midst of our disappointment, we can trust Him. And then, and then last week, we, we walked through Mary's revelation, right? God, God the, the angel Gabriel coming to Mary and saying, hey, you're going to be with child, and you're going, the Holy Spirit's going to um, come upon you, and the Most High is going to overshadow you, and you are going to give birth to the Messiah. And you're going to call his name Jesus, right? Which we learned last week is the Hebrew word Joshua, which means God saves. And, and we learned that, 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 that even when we don't understand, we can trust him. Well, this morning we jump into our text in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 39. And, and what we're going to do this morning, our aim is simply this, is that we can take God at his word and respond in worship to his word. We can take God at his word and we respond in worship to his work. Look in verse 39, it's going to say this. And those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. Okay? So she, she, she gets this word from Gabriel and it says that she got up and with haste. You ever been anywhere with haste? Come on, some of y'all. Are y'all just like the slow club people? Like I got a five-year-old that's in the slow club. Clint, we all know, right? Um, like, 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 and you ever hurried? Like, man, I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta tell somebody. I gotta go do. I gotta, I gotta get this out, right? This is what's going on with Mary. And, and I think that, that in that word haste, in that hurry, we, we can see Mary taking God at his word with haste she goes to a town in Judah which was about really about an 80 mile journey right like and for you and I like 80 man we'll go to Waco no big deal right that's not what this is about right this is a journey for her she took her some time to get there and listen where she goes and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth right what do we learn Elizabeth is about what six months pregnant at this point probably a little further along even now probably like seven months pregnant at this point and and mary enters their house and greets elizabeth and listen to verse 41 and when elizabeth heard the greeting of mary the baby leaped in her womb and this is key and elizabeth was filled with the holy spirit look what was said about John that is in Elizabeth's womb? That he is going to do what? He's going to be the one that prepares the way. We learn in John chapter 2, right? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is what John the Baptist says about Jesus. But, but here, he's already fulfilling it in the womb. Then Mary comes in and, and just at the greeting... John leaps in Elizabeth's womb. How many of you have ever been pregnant in here, women? Right? How you feel if a baby leaps in your womb? 
I gotta go to the bathroom, right? I, there's, there's lots of like emotion going on. What is happening, right? And, and the baby leaps in her womb, fulfilling what God had already said about the baby, what God already said about John. He's gonna prepare the way. He's gonna proclaim the way, even in the womb. We see John preparing the way. This is him, right? And then it says the Holy Spirit filled Elizabeth. And she exclaimed, right? Listen, this is a work of the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth didn't do this on her own power, and neither do we believers. Listen, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. Look what she does. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth is the first one to call Jesus Lord, right? Oftentimes we think it's Peter. It's not. It's Elizabeth. She, she, she literally calls the baby in Mary's womb Lord, how, how be it from me that, that, that you would visit me, that the mother of my Lord would come to me? And she's proclaiming, right, through the work of the Holy Spirit. In her, she's saying, Jesus is my Lord. He's the one that I'll follow after. He's the one that I will pursue. And for behold, verse 44, for behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. You can take God at his word. Mary hears this word from the Lord. Did it make sense? Absolutely not. This young teenage girl has been told, you're going to have a baby. Young virgin teenage girl, you're going to have a baby. Excuse me, what? Right? None of that makes sense. But what does Mary say? We learned it last week. I'm here, right? I'm your servant. Let it be done as you say. Man, church, we would change Burleson, Texas. We would change Joshua County. We would change Tarrant County. We would change the whole world if we just said and had the attitude of Mary and said, let it be as you say, Lord, and take him at his word. Gabriel told Mary, this is going to happen. And she gets up with haste and runs, and she sees Elizabeth pregnant. What did Gabriel tell her? Elizabeth is what? With child, because nothing is impossible with God. Right? And she makes haste to Elizabeth, and she sees the fulfillment of God's word right in front of her eyes. We can take God at his word. Let's respond this morning to that and that alone. So one of the things that we have to consider and have to understand, um, and I think sometimes we miss in this, is we, we often talk about this teenage girl becoming pregnant, this teenage virgin becoming pregnant, who was 
betrothed to a man named Joseph. And in, in, in fact, Joseph, we learn, quietly decides he's going to divorce her when he finds this news out. Um, and, and then the angel appears to him and says, hey, no, you're not. And he's like, okay, you got it, right? But, but I think one of the things that we kind of sometimes miss in this is this, is that Mary, Mary becomes with child out of wedlock in a culture in which is a massive faux pas, right? Like, like it's, it's not just a, um, it's not just a, like, slap on your hand, it'll be fine, we'll figure it out, right? Okay, it, this is a, culturally speaking, this is life and death for Mary, okay? Like, it, it's a big deal. It, it, is, it is massive. Her reputation is on the line. In fact, when, when Mary says, how will this happen because I'm a virgin, she is, she's declaring um, her, her, her pride in that, right? She's saying, and, and not in an ugly, not in a, not a, not a sinful pride, but, but this is who I am. I've, I've done this. This is who I am. And, and culturally speaking, you did do that. You saved yourself, right? Well, for her to show up pregnant, not yet married, is a massive deal to her reputation, to who she is and her character. But what we fail to miss is this, that even in that, Mary takes God at his word. That she is, look, yes, massive, massive blow to her reputation. Shame could come upon her. Like all the things that, that we think of, you ever been in a situation where like you've made a dumb decision and you, you let your mind go to all the things that, like, people are going to think of you? Anybody? Just me? Cool. All right, some of you. All right. None of you have made bad decisions in here and thought what people were going to think of you? Wow. I apparently am alone in this, right? We've all done that. Like, whether you're going to admit it or not, you've done it, right? We've made a bad decision and then gone, man, everybody's going to think this of me, Right? Well, Mary was human, right? But listen, God had, God had visited her. And for God to speak to her meant immeasurably more than what everybody else thought. Because her fear of God was greater than her fear of others. Church, Stop worrying about your reputation. Stop worrying about what others will say. And be overwhelmed that the God of heaven speaks to you through his word. And when you read it, do it. Go to Psalm 139 and say, God, search me and know me. See if there's any offensive way in me. And God, lead me in the way of everlasting. I want to chase and pursue after you more than I want the reputation, more than I want the wealth, more than I want the fame, more than I want the worldly things that I think make me happy. I want you. There's where Mary is, church. She's chasing after what God has said to her. She's more concerned with pleasing the Lord than she is her reputation. And I think sometimes we miss that. 
Because watch her response, right? We not only take God at His word, but we respond in worship at His work. You know God's always working? You're sitting here and you may not think He's working and you're like, come on, preacher. Stop talking. I'm hungry. He's working. He's doing something. Watch what Mary does. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. God, you and you alone are worthy. And, and my soul rejoices in God my Savior. Now, you can't help but think and, and, and that, that her, her mind is, is probably has, has, has gone to the place of what is everyone else going to think? What's Joseph going to think? What's my parents going to think? What's, right? But her response is God, my soul rejoices in you because you alone are my Savior. And what a beautiful response. And, and when our minds do that and when our heart wants to dwell on this, we go over here and say, God, I want to magnify you. I want to rejoice in you, my Savior, right? For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Listen, um, we, we, there's, we, people in our culture, churches, other denominations have sometimes miscue this, that, that Mary is somehow this um, person that we have to lift high. And when Mary says that all generations will call her blessed, listen, listen to what the text says. This, this is huge. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. The emphasis is not on them calling her blessed. The emphasis is this. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. There's where the emphasis is. It's not on Mary saying, look at me, look at me. Every generation will call me blessed. The emphasis is on what God has done. And in our response to, in worship to his work, our response in worship has always got to be vertical. God, what have you done? God, look what you have done. God, you are awesome. God, you are amazing. That's our response in worship at his work. Listen, she goes on in verse 50. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. Look, this, this is a prayer of justice, right? Because ultimately, God, what Christ comes to do is, is to proclaim justice for all people, right? That, that he is the one that steps in, and we call it a propitiation, right? He steps in for you and I. He pays the price for you and I so that God would be justified in looking upon us and allowing us in his presence. That's what this is. He took our place for that. That's what Jesus came to do. And so when Mary sits here and says, hey, he does this to the, to the, to the proud. 
He does this to the humble, right? He does this for the poor. He does this to those who are filled. It's all a prayer of justice. This is what Jesus is coming to do. He's gonna make everything that we look at this world and go, man, that ain't right. How many of you have watched the news and go, man, that's not right? How many of you have, have been at your job place and something happened and you go, that's not right? Anybody? Come on, church. Where are you this morning, right? We look at the world and go, man, there's so much wrong. And Mary's declaring here, he came to make it right. That's who he is. And this is Mary's response in worship. He's come to make it right. Man, that's good news, church. He's come to make it right. And then Mary goes on and she says this. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to their fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. There it is, right? We talked about it last week. The covenant. He's faithful to it. He promised it. He's faithful to it. Here he is. Mary's saying it again, right? It's been said to her. I'm the God of the covenant, Mary. What I say you can take to be true, right? And then Mary repeats it back. This is who you are, God. And anytime the covenant is mentioned, it is a declaration of God's faithfulness. That he, that he can't go against his covenant. That's who God is. We can take him at his word. And we can respond and worship to his work. I wonder this morning if you're here. If you've never truly taken God at his word. Maybe, maybe the first step for you is that you just trust Jesus as the Savior of the world. That, that, that when Jesus himself says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. Maybe you need to take that initial truth and say, I want to take that to be true. I want to take God to be true to his word when he says he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Maybe you're here this morning and, and that's where you're at. And you say, man, I, I need to take God at his word on that. Look, because you don't start a journey with God until you take him at that word and trust Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you're here this morning and you just say, yeah, I've not responded really well to his work in my life. I need to do that. And I just need to, I, I need to, I need to sing, maybe. Maybe some of you come in each week and you just stand there. And I get it. Not everybody likes music, but look, God created it for us to rejoice and to worship Him. Maybe that's where you're at this morning. We're going to have a moment of invitation. And what we're going to do is, is I'll be down front, Clint will be down front. We'll have prayer partners here. We would welcome you in any of those conversations. If you are here this morning and say, hey, you trust somebody in our audience that you know, go to them. You do not have to come up here. Go to, go to somebody. Say, hey, I, I want to put my trust in Jesus. Or I want 
I just need somebody to pray with me because I have not done a good job of responding to him and all the good things that he has done. I've not done a good job of responding that, that man, the truth is that he came to make it right. I want to worship in that this morning. Wherever you're at this morning, God's working. He's moving. It's what he does. That's his character and that's his nature. Be open to it. We're going to pray, and then we're going to come, and we're going to respond to God's word this morning. Father, thank you for your word. God, I pray that you this morning would... Father, just continue to, to press on hearts as only you can, Father. Father, for those in here this morning that have never put their faith in Jesus, maybe today is the day that they do that. For those in here this morning that just have just struggled to, to, to respond in worship because of a lot of different things, because of busyness, because of what seems to be circumstances, Father, would we just take a step back and we say, God, you are good and you alone are worthy of my life. Father, this is your time. We want you to be glorified. We want you to be magnified. We love you. We're grateful for what you're doing here. Continue to move. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen.